Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 13th episode from the PJ Archive. It's a phone interview I did in the year 2000 with the ever-popular American singer-songwriter, musician and record producer Barry White, who very sadly died three years later at the age of 58. Within the first 10 minutes of this interview, he told the hilarious story about the origins of his fabulous bass baritone voice. But I started by asking him... You've had hits in the 70s, 80s and 90s. How important is it for you to have hits in the new millennium? Very important. <laughs> yeah, time when we move on, you know, and uh, very important. Are you one who gets concerned about um, chart positions and things, or...? Not really. I already had those number ones and those smashes and those this and that, you know. You, you're always happy when you get it, you know, but I, it's not something that I, I, I am just doing my life around. So what's the big motivation these days, then? The love, the love of doing it. I still love going to the studio. I love getting prepared. I love preparing things, getting songs ready, choosing songs. How popular are you in Britain compared to other parts of the world, do you know? Very popular. <laughs> Very popular. Is it one of you, is it like the, the biggest place for you outside of um, America? No, it's everywhere, all over the world. Have you ever considered living in the UK? No, too cold. <laughs> How do you classify your style of music? Soul, disco, or what? Um, music, that's how I classify it. It's all kind of good good music. Man puts labels on things. My music was never disco to me. My music is just music. My music is, if it's disco... That means that's where you hear it at, and that's the only place you hear it. Uh, my music is played at homes and beaches and parks and parties and clubs, and discos, everywhere. To what extent do you feel your music has reflected your roots and your background? Oh, it, it has reflected it greatly. Uh, I make my style of music the way I know how to make my own music. Uh, every artist has its own uh, signature, his own madness in their formulas, and Barry White has his formula. <laughs> Were your parents musical? Yeah, my mother was. Can you tell us a bit about your parents and what they did, what work they were involved in? Yeah, well, they're just average, everyday people. You know, they didn't they didn't do no uh, knock down, drag out things. You know, my mother worked on worked in movies at MGM. Oh. My, my father was a janitor at Paramount Pictures. Wow. Uh, they just ordinary, everyday people. Did your mother appear in movies, or she just worked on them? Yeah, she she appeared in a couple of them. Which ones? Yeah. Which ones? Movie called Trader Horn. Oh yeah. Yeah, she was in that movie. She was in uh, I forgot the names of the other ones. She mm. did a couple of more. She what was in? What was her name? Sadie Carter. You were born in Texas. What Galveston, Texas. Galveston, yeah. What took your parents to Los Angeles? No, you mean what took them to, to, to Texas? <laughs> <laughs> she was living in Los Angeles when she got pregnant, when she met my father. Oh, right. And she went back home to Texas to visit her mother, but she stayed longer than she was supposed to. And then I came, and uh, she 
went over to uh, John Seeley Hospital in Galveston, mm. had me, and then uh, after four months, she felt I was strong enough, and she just came brought me back here to L.A., which was her home where she was living. What was your childhood home like? Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah? We didn't have no money, but we had a lot of love, partner. Oh. Can you yeah. can you describe the house itself, or do you not remember it? Oh, it was just just an ordinary jack house. Yet yeah, it wasn't nothing. It wasn't nothing to be writing home about. Is it still there now? Yes, it is. You go past it sometimes. Yeah, I go by there every now and then. Legend has it your childhood seems to have been a contrast between getting into trouble and singing in choirs. How that's do you... very true. Yeah? That, that... That's a very true story. You no, know, I was a bad boy, you know, just like all the other boys in my neighborhood. I was in gangs and stealing and burglarizing and doing all kind of crazy, silly shit. And then they, they put me in jail in 1960, mm-hmm. and that straightened it up. I what? changed my life. Was it so frightening in there that it made you straighten up? I lost my freedom. Right. I'd never lost my freedom before, and uh, I didn't like the feeling of that. Do you have a lot of regrets about those early days of yours? No, no. Not even going to jail. That was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. When you were a kid, did anyone ever tell you you'd be very special one day? Oh, yeah. A lot of people told me that. Starting with my mother. And what sort of things would they say to you? No, she would just tell me certain things, you know. Uh, I was a very good speaker, and that I was a good communicator, and that uh, one day I would grow up to be a powerful man, and this and that and that, and they, they thought I was going to be a preacher at one time. Just all kind of things like that. Did you also think you'd be special? Yeah, but I never knew what way. Mm. Believe me, I didn't know that. When you consider your background, is it hard to believe you were able to make something of your life, let alone something amazing like your career? Yeah, that is uh, amazing to me. Because if I hadn't changed my mind in the direction I was going, you would have never met me. You'd have never known that was a Barry White. Mm. I'd have been in penitentiary. I'd have been a dope addict. I'd have been to kill somebody or somebody would have killed me. Because that's all that comes in that kind of life. But instead, I changed my, my mind on the way I was traveling, the road I was traveling. And I was able to become somebody uh, in life, somebody that I could be proud of, my mother could be proud of, my whole family could be proud of, people around the world is proud of. At what stage did you first start showing musical talent? Uh, when I was five years old. Really, you were that good then? I was really four years old when I started harmonizing with my mother singing uh, Silent Night. Yeah, and uh, I knew it then. I didn't know what I had, but I knew I had something. And when did this amazing speaking voice, let alone singing voice of yours, develop? Well, uh, 14 years old. I woke up one morning and spoke to my mother and scared us both to death. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget that morning, boy. <laughs> what did you say? I mean, tell me. All, all I said was, I was getting ready to say good morning, mother, but I said good, and my my, my chest vibrated. <laughs> scared her across the room. She looked at me, I looked at her, and I was scared to say anything else. <laughs> and she stood there for about oh, two minutes, and then she started 
tears started running down her face. She said, my baby became a man today. That's what she said. Did you get quite a lot of stick from other other guys? Oh, yeah, they ran me crazy, girls and boys. Really? Yeah. What sort of things did they do? They wanted to know how was I talking like that, and uh, how did I make my voice that low and all that. Yeah, they thought it was a gimmick at first. So how do you explain it, just the way it I is? I can't. All I know is that boys' voices change hmm. anywhere between the ages of 12 and 14. And instead of my voice just going down a, a slight octave, I went all the way down. <laughs> it was amazing. Did you ever consider a career in anything else but music? No. Music is the only thing. Your first singles were released under the name Barry Lee. Is Barry White your real name? Yes, it is. Barry Lee wasn't my real name. <laughs> Why did you go for Barry Lee, then? Because I didn't want Barry White associated with a singer. How do you mean? I didn't want to be known as a singer. You switched back to Barry White after your first releases, then, did you? Yeah, when I went to my first release, uh, my godfather told me I got to use my real name. He said, you got to use Barry White, man. What was that, a matter of pride, was it? Family yeah, pride? I guess so. With him, it was. Do you think it was easier to get into the music business in your day than it is today? Well, yeah. Every ten years, it gets harder. Uh, ten years from now, it's going to be harder than it is today. Mm. Yeah. So, you, you know, you do consider yourself fortunate that the timing was right for you? Very fortunate. The timing was perfect for me. How fondly do you look back on your days with Love Unlimited? Very fondly. <laughs> Be a bit more. A great group. Yeah, I loved them very much. You had a lot more freedom in those days because you weren't so recognizable. Was yeah. that Was that more enjoyable, being sort of more... Uh, yeah, it was. But you still... It, being recognizable has its good things about it, too. How do you... I mean, there's times when I get tired of being recognized. I want to just go out and have dinner somewhere, and you can't do that. They want autographs. They want to take a picture and... Uh, and that, that gets on my nerves sometimes. But uh, overall, I, I'm very thankful for it. I mean, you are instantly recognizable. Is that sometimes a bit of a drag? Do you wish you were perhaps more forgettable to look at? No. You, it's, I tell you, it has its good times and it's got its bad times. It depends on what mood I'm in. Had you always intended to become a solo artist one day? That was my design. That happened by chance. That happened by its own. its own. When I made the record, when I made my first album, I've got so much to give. I was just by myself, you know, as a singer, you know. Mm. So I just stayed with that. I had no reason to go get a group or nothing because I had success as Barry White. Mm. So I had no need to want no group or another singer, friend, or whatever that you do, you know. You've never had the conventional look of a superstar singer. Do you think that has been to your advantage? Yes, it has. It gives me distinction. You know, everybody everybody don't really want to look uh, like a, a, a singing star. want to look like a person, you know. just want to, I don't be ugly. I want to be decent, mm -hmm. you know, and... Uh, Take it as it comes. That's all you can do. You have to, you you stuck with whatever way you look, so ain't nothing you can do about it. I mean, you can get plastic surgery and shit, 
But I don't believe in that. You know, I'm, I'm very happy the way I am. The word love was associated with your work right from the start. Was that incidental or coincidental? No, that was intentional. Right. How do you mean? Well, that's what I chose to deal with right. as a songwriter. It's very much common ground for songwriters. They... Yes, it is. Right. I mean, I'm not the only one making love songs. <laughs> no. <laughs> so a whole lot of people singing love songs. But why did you choose that route, then? Because I love that I love that route, you know. I love love songs. Uh, I loved them when I was a teenager, and when I became a man, I I, I just continued to love it, to deal with it. What do you think is the greatest love song ever written? Oh, I don't know. I don't even know if there is such a thing. Uh, there's many great love songs, but you got to put an S on the end of that. You can't just say love song. There's is too many great love songs. Is there any song there that you really would love to have written? Oh, I'd have loved to have written I Only Have Eyes For You that the Flamingos did. To what extent was it necessary for you to mean what you sang in your songs? Oh, that's very important to me because uh, I practice what I preach. To be able to write as many songs I've written, I had to believe in what I was saying. What would you say was your biggest break? Meeting Larry Noons, my godfather. Well, he gave me the freedom to record music the way I hear it, the way I like it. He gave me the freedom to express myself. Yeah, he, he was my saving grace. Would you say he's the first one to really understand you and your potential? Oh, he was the first. And not only did he understand it and believe in it, he put his money where his mouth was. Was there any stage at which you thought, I've made it? Oh, yeah, I knew it in 1973, after my first album. I knew I'd made it. Now, what I didn't know is how long I was going to continue to make it. How long did you think you were? No artist can ever predict that. He can't. There's no way no artist can predict that. Did you fear being a one-hit wonder? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell, yeah. I never wanted that to happen, what I call lucky hits. No, I never wanted a lucky hit. So when 1973, you know, became, you know, probably your most successful year ever, I mean, was that just impossible to believe? Oh, that was very impossible. And did you... in that same year, I had two hit albums. Coming up on the next year, I had two hit... I had three hit albums. Coming up on the year after that, it was three hit albums. And it just hit album, 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 album after that. How do you explain it? Uh, dedication, love for the craft, uh, believing in myself, uh, staying consistent in what I do. That's how I explain it. What did you do with the huge amounts of money you, you earned at that stage? Took care of my family. Yeah. Yeah, put them through school, private schools, colleges. At one time, I had three, three, three of my children going to college at the same time. And did you spoil yourself as well? No, never did. Stayed away from that with my children and with me and with anybody else. So you put a lot of it away to sort of invest That's in the future. That's right. Mm. Having come from such a tough background, was it actually quite hard to accept being wealthy? Uh, no, it wasn't. Not for me, it wasn't. I, I, I eased into wealth. I really did. 
I went from from poor one morning. I, w- I woke up one morning, didn't have a dime. Woke up the next day, I could go and get me three uh, eight hundred thousand dollar advance. Yeah. Were you cautious though about sort of appearing too flash, considering very cautious mm. to this day? I'm just uh, I like to be reserved. You know, I'm uh, I'm very reserved. Uh, I don't like flashy things. I don't like flashing on people. I don't like attention that way. Do you ever see the people from your early days? Oh, hell yeah. You're still friends with them? Oh, yeah. Mm. They're proud of me and different members of my gangs and things. I run into them. They're all grandfathers now. and Some of them are dead. A lot of them in jail. You know, a lot of different things. You married for the second time in 1974 when you were at the the top of the music industry. Were people surprised that you should settle down again at that point? I don't know. It didn't make me no difference one way or the other. What they they thought or what they they believed in. Mm. It's what I wanted in my life that was important to me. How did Glodine feel about you becoming such a big star and so popular with women the world over? She couldn't do nothing about it but enjoy it. Mm. That's all she did is enjoy it. Did she find it quite amusing, considering she knew the real you and there was this yeah. image? Oh, yeah. She, the women throwing their little panties on the stage and going crazy. Yeah, that used to make her laugh. Like, yeah, she used to laugh a lot, boy. She never got mad about it, though? No, 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 no. How did you feel about the kind of Love God label which got attached to you? Well, that's, the, that's someone else's opinion. Uh, you'll never read nowhere where Barry White called himself a love god or the guru of love or none of those little nicknames they have for me. My name is one name, Barry Eugene White, that's it. What about the maestro? How do you feel about that one? Same thing. <laughs> but do you, do you never get insulted by these labels or you find mm-hmm. them quite... No, not at all. Have you ever tried your hand at acting or been asked to? Yeah, I've been asked. Uh, I turned down uh, many uh, acting uh, offers. Uh, Oliver Stone asked me to appear acting in uh, The Doors. He did the movie The Doors. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I turned him down. I told him to give it to someone that really wanted to be an actor. I'm a singer. I love singing. I love writing music. That's my world, and I've stayed with it. That's what I've been into. What part did he offer you in The Doors movie? Uh, I don't forgot now. I don't forgot which part it was. And what other movies or TV series have you been offered stuff in that you've turned down? So, I was offered a, a part in a movie called The Mac. Just different days. There's a lot of movies where they never even got to the title. They just wanted me in the movie. And I had to, I had to tell them respectfully that I declined, you know. Mm. I'm not interested in acting. Do you think you not might... at all. So you might change your mind one day? No. Have you ever turned down any songs that have been offered to you that since became hits for anyone else? No. Most songs that I do, I, rec- I, re- I write my own songs. Mm. Is that a great source of importance and pride That's to you? That's very important. Mm. Can you explain why? Yeah, well, now that I look back over my hi- history, I'm very happy that I most songs that I sang today in fact, all of them, I wrote them. The hits you had in the 70s particularly have become all-time favorites for many yes. people. Do you ever tire of them? No, never. No, that's my background. That's my backbone. That's my beginnings. 
No, no, you can't be, no, 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 no. I'm always happy to sing my song. Quite a few singer-songwriters that I've interviewed have, you know, regarded their songs as their children almost. Is that That's how right. You... Well, I, I think I was the first writer to say that. So mm. if they're saying, if other writers are saying it now, they've got that statement from reading my different interviews all throughout my years. I've always said that my songs are like my children. So do you have a favorite child amongst all that? No. I don't have a favorite child, and I don't have a favorite song. <laughs> You've worked with many other great artists. Has there been yeah. a favorite? Uh, I like them all. I really enjoy working with all of them. Can you give us a few examples of people you've really uh, enjoyed? Lisa Stansfield, Chaka Khan, uh, Puffy Combs. I just enjoy working with creative people, people who are legitimately creative. As long as they're really creative, I, I always enjoy it. Is there anyone you haven't yet worked with but secretly long to? No, there's a lot of people I haven't worked with. Uh, who I would love to work with. Uh, when he called me to do produce his album just before he, his father killed him, which was Marvin Gaye, mm -hmm. uh, I talked to Marvin on a Friday, and his father killed him that following Sunday. Uh, that would have been an album that I was really looking forward to doing. Was he a big hero of yours? Oh, yes. Him and Ray Charles are two of my favorite artists, and Aretha Franklin. What about Elvis? Were you a big fan of his? No, I was never a big fan of Elvis. Mm. But I do respect him, and I do respect what he created and what he did. Mm. But I was never a big uh, Elvis fan. Or Beatles. I was never a big Beatles fan, but I liked, I loved John Lennon and Paul McCartney's writing. I mm. loved their songs. Do you think you'll record one one day? Maybe. Your music suggests you're a very romantic person. How romantic are you? Uh, I have my moments. I'm not romantic all the time. No. Well, can you explain what you're like when you're romantic? You sort of no, I can't. You have to ask the ladies that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you. I don't write for women. I don't write songs for women. Uh, some men do that, you know. They write about the, the woman they love, and they, you know, I don't do that. Why is that? Why don't you do it? I just don't. I just write from what I feel and what inspires me at the time. Did you name your son Daryl after your brother? Yes, I did. You lost your brother and, obviously, as you say, right. Marvin Gaye in terrible circumstances in the mid-80s. What kind of lasting effect did those tragedies have on you? They're still with me to this day. I always think about my brother and I always think about Marvin Gaye. Your career, like your life, has experienced great highs and great lows. Yes. Does that make it all the more satisfying when things go well? Very satisfying. How do you feel about the roller coaster aspect of your life? Uh, that's all a part of life. That's the way I look at it. Everyone has a coaster that they own. Uh, they got different rides. I had a I have a big ride, you know. So I'm still riding. Who are your friends in the business of of the people we know? Oh, I got a lot of friends in the business. Uh, Barry Gordy Jr., Jermaine Jackson, Michael Jackson. Oh, there's a lot of people. What's he like, Michael Jackson? Is he as unusual as we as the image? Yeah, well, I don't I don't see Michael as unusual as the image as the, the, the people do. I, I know him a different way. Mm -hmm. Michael is a very sensitive person to me. He's a very 
likable person to me, uh, very gifted and talented person to me. Are you going to work with him sometime? Maybe. I mean, Michael has his own music, he has his own style, and it's not really my style, you know. Mm. Do you sort of have each other round to each other's houses and things? Do you... We used to. Right. Yeah. Why not anymore? Well, he, he went one way and I went the other way, because I moved out of Los Angeles. And uh, he became successful. He built Never Never Land, and it just took him off into a different direction. You, you said just now that you'd moved out of Los Angeles. Um, where did you go to and when? Las Vegas, 1994. Oh, why was that? Earthquake in Los Angeles. Uh, Ran me out. Did it? Was it quite bad? Did you suffer oh, quite it badly? Was, it was quite exciting. It was, a, it was an incredible, hard experience. How much damage was there to your place? A lot of damage. Earthquake is earthquake, you know. It destroys, you know, when it comes a big one. It was, it was like a gigantic earthquake in, in L.A. in 94. I just felt that I should get on out of there, you know. Give it a rest for a minute. I understood that you have two houses, uh, one for recording in and one for living in, side that's by side. That's right. That's right, and that's in Las Vegas. No, that was in L.A. Oh, right, so that's all gone now. That's what. That's right, that's gone. Was it destroyed, or you just sold it in the end? Some of it was destroyed, but I mostly I sold it, both of them. So can you tell us anything about your current place in Las Vegas? Uh, no, my, my current place now is in San Diego. Oh, okay. I've been here two years, and I'm getting ready to go back to L.A. now. Oh, are you? Yeah. Why, well, you, you're missing it? Yeah, I'm missing the hell out of it. Oh. I've been gone for six years, so it's time for me to go back home. What is it about Los Angeles that uh, draws you back? Atmosphere, man. It's, it's a very exciting place uh, in one sense. It's very disturbing in another. Things are crazy there. Traffic is unbelievable. But it's the spirit of L.A. that I love and miss so much. How much evidence of your career is there in your home? Oh, yes. <laughs> a lot of evidence. <laughs> yeah? Lots of gold discs and things. A lot of gold and platinum discs, yeah. Mm-hmm. And photographs, things like that? Oh, yeah. Is that very important to you, to have it around you, just to remind yourself? Well, those are your memories. See, I tell young artists today, you know, you're you're striving for all kind of things today. You're trying to make a lot of money, and you're getting pictures, and you're getting doing this and going there and doing this. But when it's all over, when you see the ending of the road, uh, the only thing of value that you really get out of all these years of being in the music business is memories. That's the most valuable thing you're going to have. So cherish your memories. I cherish my memories, believe me. How fit and healthy do you keep yourself? Oh, I, I, to me, health, fitness of health is in the mind. It's a state of mind. Uh, I'm a very positive person. I've always been that way, and I'm still that way to this day. So that keeps me fit, and it keeps me in good health. Do you do any sports of any kind? Oh, yeah, I swim, you know, play racquetball. How much touring do you do nowadays? Once a year. Do you, have you restricted it now? No, not yet. But I'm going to. Yeah, when's that and how I much? don't know. Right. Why have you decided to do that? Well, you know, you're getting older. You know, you, you, you can't do the things that you used to do the 
30 and 40 years ago. I remember when I was 26. Well, now I'm 56, so it's a world of difference. How much of a milestone was passing 50 then? Oh, that's a milestone, friend. That was a big... Was that difficult for you? Oh, no, it wasn't difficult, but it's a milestone. You you realize when you get 50. Mm. Oh, you realize it, believe me. So how do you feel about pushing 60 then? No, 60 would be easy. 50 was the hard one. Right. <laughs> yeah, 60, you're getting into you. You're growing older gracefully. That's what I'm doing. Do you intend to work forever, or will you ever retire? I'll retire one day. Yeah? Yeah, I know I will one day. And what will decide? But I don't know when, but I know it will come one day. How satisfied are you with your career so far? I am superbly satisfied. I am very proud of what I did that I chose to do and that I became successful at doing. Do you think you've been given the credit you deserve? Mm, yeah, I think I've gotten the credit I deserve. Oh, yeah. And still getting it. What do you hope to have achieved by the end of your career? Mm, I've achieved what I want to achieve. Already? Yeah. How would you like to be remembered after you've left this planet? The man who made music. Just want to be known as one of the best that did it.